Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. Uh, what a humble leader. Him and I sat in the back row of the bus. I won't name some of the other Adelaide pastors who wanted to be at the front, but Mike and I were there in the back, uh, humbly doing our bit uh, with a, a minibus driver who I think saw himself as a bit of a rally driver. But it was great to meet Mike there and, uh, and discover some of uh, who he is and his heart for ministry. And it's a privilege to share with you as part of your mission series today. I love the, uh, the river image that you're using. The idea that uh, everyone can play their part in the river, that uh, everyone has a part to play in, uh, in God's mission uh, through Clovercrest Baptist Church. Although I must admit it was uh, pretty tough watching that video of, uh, of rivers and beaches and coastline while here in lockdown in Melbourne. Uh, I really miss the ocean. Uh, I grew up in Newcastle. I lived near the ocean. I, I love uh, sand in my feet and salt water uh, around me. And so I'm counting down the days till I can discover that, uh, that feeling again. But as you think about the river today and that concept that you're unpacking this month as a church in your mission series, can I bring you to a river passage to one of my favourite passages in the Old Testament, where we find Israel on the verge of the Promised Land. Forty years earlier, they got close, but fear got in the way. And here they are again on the verge of the Promised Land. They're on the other side of the Jordan River. New possibilities, new beginnings, new opportunities with God. But this raging river lays between Israel and the promise of God. It's one of my favourite Old Testament passages. And I want to use it as a metaphor today because some of you may feel like opportunities to, uh, to embrace God's mission in your own life have passed by. Maybe for others there's fear or busyness or, or, or your comfort zone that gets in the way. There's a sense of the river that we need to kind of cross to discover what God has for us in our lives and it's that picture I want to paint today, that God has a unique purpose and a unique plan for you individually, for your family, for, for, for your marriage, for you as a single person, in the work that God wants to do at Clovey, a unique role, the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. And what might that look like for you today? What might it look like for you to experience afresh what God has for you in your life as you step out in faith, as you step out of your comfort zone and experience more of mission and what God has for you in terms of mission? You see, we see Israel on the verge of this raging river, humanly impossible to cross. Alan Redpath, a commentator, says Israel faced a stark choice that day. What seemed humanly impossible or what was divinely possible? That's the choice we face all the time. It's a choice we face particularly when we think of mission, when we think of evangelism, discipleship. Sometimes it becomes so hard and so complicated that we can kind of run from it because it seems beyond us. Are we thinking about what is 
divinely possible or what seems to us humanly impossible. This beautiful picture, this challenging picture of Israel coming down towards the river, uh, this river in, in full flood, raging river, and there are the leaders and they step towards the river and the river still rages. They step towards the river and the river still rages. God has promised that if they follow the ark, if they remain obedient and faithful, that God will do something amazing. There's a good uh, challenge for us as we begin today. What does it mean for us to lean in afresh and to hear what God has to say to us in our own lives? What does it mean for you today to lean in afresh, come Holy Spirit, and hear what does the Holy Spirit want to say to you in terms of your place to experience mission, where to jump into the river at Clothie to experience what God has for you. And so Israel gets closer and closer to the river and it still rages. And I love this part of the story. When does God act? When does God turn up in a miraculous way? When does God do something amazing? When the feet of the priests get into the water, when they get their feet wet. It's that simple but challenging picture, that metaphor I want to encourage us with today. You know, if I look around the world and think about our workers with global interaction, people serving in so many different countries around the world, most of them will tell the story that it began by taking a step in their own, their own local neighbourhood. It was when they got their feet wet locally in a mission initiative, on a short-term mission trip, when, when they stepped out of their comfort zone to allow God to do something new in their lives. Now, God isn't calling all of us around the world. In fact, he calls most of us simply across the street to our, to our neighbourhood, in our local places of influence, where we work, where we live. But God does want to do new things in our lives as he wants to stretch us and use us in terms of the opportunities we have to serve him, to embody the good news of Jesus in our local community. What does it mean for you today to step out in faith what does it mean for you today to discover what God has for you afresh in your life? Whenever I think of uh, that passage in Joshua 3, I think of uh, my own kids. Uh, having grown up with uh, my, my own children around the water, I've taken them all to kind of the local swimming pool. I've taken them all to the beach, all through swimming lessons. And, you know, when I think about that picture of the local pool, it always starts with my little kids at the wading pool, the baby pool. Many of you as parents will know the experience. You know, you get your kids ready, dressed up for the, a day at the pool, and there they are in the, in the wading pool. They can touch bottom. They feel safe. Dare I say they know which kids they can splash and which they can't. They know the kind of rules of the wading pool. Why do they like the wading pool when they're little, when they're small? Because they can touch bottom, because they're in control. They're safe. But then something happens and they grow a little bit and they're no longer satisfied with the wading pool experience. They want more. And it's time to embrace the big pool, the Olympic pool. And I can picture all of my kids, it's happened to every one of them. There they are, they stand on the edge of the Olympic pool and they kind of have that nervous you know, sway, will I or won't I? And then suddenly they leap and they go into the water and they come out of the water. And the first thing is they kind of put their head back and realise they're alive. That's a good thing. 
And what's the first thing they say? I want to do it again. I want to do it again. I want to do it again. And you go to the pool now and my kids just want to jump in time and time and time again because the waiting pool no longer satisfies. They want the experience, the adventure, the abandonment of deep water. And that is what God calls us to in mission. Not on our own. You know, we come to that biblical mandate, the Great Commission, as we call it, at the end of Matthew's Gospel. And we're told to, to go and make disciples of all nations. We're given our mission mandate, but we're reminded that Jesus promises he will be with us always. Always by the power of the Holy Spirit, the resources of heaven available to us. And the challenge each day to take another step, to take another step of faith, another step forward, to allow God to use us in new ways, to dare stand on the edge of the big pool and to jump into mission, to experience what God has for each one of us in our own lives in and through Clovercrest Baptist Church. I know your leadership. I know your church's heartbeat to serve locally and also make a difference around the world. And the privilege, the responsibility that every one of us gets to play. The mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. No one disqualified, no one excluded. As a follower of Jesus, God wants to use you today to make a unique difference in your neighbourhood in your community, the challenge, will we embrace the river? Will we move beyond our comfort zone? Will we trust God and step out in faith and experience all that God has for us as a mission people? It's time to leave the waiting pool. It's time to embrace deep water. And with that picture in mind, what are some practical lessons we can embrace today? What are some things that we can do that will allow us to kind of savour, experience what God has for us? Because it actually comes down to that, doesn't it? God doesn't want us to simply sit and talk about mission or read about mission. He wants us to step out and experience mission. You know, for so many years in my life growing up, I always wanted to go to New York it took me 48 years before I got there. But finally I got to New York and I had 16 days on the ground and I was up at like 7am and I was still going at midnight for those 16 days and I was exhausted, but I loved every minute of it because it wasn't a travel book. It wasn't a documentary. I was right there in the thick of it. The sights, the smells, the tastes of that incredible city and I've been back again and hopefully post-COVID, I'll get back there again. God doesn't want us to simply talk about mission, read about mission. He wants us to embrace it in our own lives. It's the, it's the model of Jesus with his disciples. Jesus doesn't set up like a, a mission laboratory. He doesn't set up a lecture room. He sends the disciples out. He says, imitate me. Embrace my words, my works and my ways. And this beautiful picture in the New Testament where the disciples go out and they come back to Jesus and they say, we saw God at work in our lives. And I imagine the smile on Jesus' face as the disciples start to get it. 
that the mission of God is their invitation and the Holy Spirit is there to empower them and God has a unique plan and purpose for their life just as he does for ours 2,000 years on. And so today as we think about experiencing mission, as we think about jumping into the river to grab hold of your metaphor for this mission month at Clovercrest, can I offer you these four Ps very quickly this morning? Four Ps of how you might experience mission afresh in your individual lives. And the first of those is prayer. The first of those is prayer. Through prayer, we become attentive to what God is doing in our lives, in our neighborhoods, across the world. One way we experience mission is to realize that God is already at work in our world. God is already at work in my neighborhood. God is not waiting for Scott Pilgrim to step out to bring mission. God is already on mission and he invites me to join him. And as I pray, I open my heart and my mind. I lean in, I tune in to God, where are you already at work? In my street, in my place of work. Who are the people you're putting into my life that I might demonstrate the the hope of Jesus to practically? Where are those people in my world that I might share the hope that I have in Christ? As we pray, we become attentive to what God is doing. And we can all pray. We can all pray that prayer. God, today, open my eyes and my ears and my heart and my mind that I might see where you are at work, that I might experience mission afresh in my life. That might mean taking a bold step of speaking to someone. It might mean a a, a step of of, of an unsolicited act of kindness, of bringing an act of compassion, of doing something for a friend or a neighbour, of moving beyond your comfort zone. But as you pray, experiencing the God of mission. It also will mean praying for those on the mission field. You as a church community have workers that you support around the country and around the world. Let me encourage you to be praying for them. As an organization, Global Interaction, our our international mission agency for our Australian Baptist movement, we have workers around the world and I know that they would love today for you to be praying for them. You can go to globalinteraction.org.au and there are so many great prayer resources where you can lean in and pray for our workers around the world. You might, you might sign up with another mission organization as well. Pray for persecuted Christians. Pray for people in areas where today COVID runs rife. There are so many things in our world we can be praying for today. As we pray... We become attentive to what God is doing in our own lives and in the world around us that we might experience mission. Let's enter the river afresh today as a people of prayer. And we can take practical action. I I love the thought that uh, for Israel to experience God afresh, they had to do something. It wasn't about sitting on the sidelines. It wasn't about sitting... 
uh, under a shady tree with some you know, small Aussie creek bed and saying, God, when you turn up, I'll be there. No, they had to get their feet wet. And maybe today God's Spirit is calling you to get your feet wet. And the best way of doing that is to do something, to take practical action, to move beyond your comfort zone, to experience God in a new way in your life as you trust him, as you step out in faith, as you try something new, as you experience mission afresh. What might that look like? It might be asking yourself, well, what has God put on my heart? You might have a heart for a particular group of people. You might have a, a heart for a group of people in your local neighbourhoods. It could be kids. It could be older people. It could be refugees and asylum seekers. Uh, it could be people who are, uh, are doing it tough with, with mental health challenges. Who's God put on your heart? And what is a practical next step that you can make with your church family alongside you where you can make a difference for Jesus and embody the good news by word and deed. My wife has a heart for asylum seekers, but she doesn't just you know, think about them or read about that issue or talk about that issue. She gets incredibly practical. She's harnessed followers of Jesus all around her where she can collect clothes and, uh, and as we've just moved through winter, uh, blankets and uh, kitchen accessories and household items um, where she can come alongside asylum seekers in our neighbourhood doing it tough and support them practically. It's been a privilege of ours to invite people from other countries, asylum seekers, into our household and to sit and hear their story and to share meals with them and to seek to bring hope and shalom and peace into their world, to recognise that they are not alone practical action, embodying the hope of Jesus. What's God put on your heart? Maybe another question is, well, what can I do with my home? Who can I invite to my table? I love what John Owen says, who's the CEO of the Wayside Chapel in Sydney. He says, I think we've got it right as followers of Jesus when we're inviting people for meals who are not like us. When we're exercising and practicing hospitality, when we're inviting people to our table who are not like us, that we can hear their story, that we can share our story, that we can be people of reconciliation and hope. We've got a heart as a family for for our Indigenous community and how might we make a practical difference given the incredible disadvantage and the gap of that uh, first Australians people uh, face in our community today. And uh, just over recent times, it's been wonderful to have a 14-year-old a boy living with us, regularly talking to his family back in the Northern Territory, living with us in Melbourne, going to school, learning about his culture, our kids getting alongside him, the difference we can make through hospitality, through our home, through our heart, through practical action. What might God be laying on your heart today? And of course, as we look forward to coming out of the pandemic, there's nothing better than probably a short-term mission experience where you can step out of your comfort zone for sure and when you can experience God in new ways 
And can I encourage you to be talking to Sean and the team about opportunities that will open up at Clovercrest. We're certainly looking forward at Global Interaction to be able to kind of reopening opportunity for short-term mission trips across the world where you can see God at work in a culture and a context different to your own and where you can ask God, what might mission look like for me in the future and what might I learn more about the world and about you through short-term mission? I mean, Mike and I had the unique experience a few years back now to travel to Kenya with Baptist World Aid. And uh, both of us, you know, a heart for that organisation, a, a heart for poverty, and, and, and how can the church make a difference? But when you're there on the ground with the sights and the smell and the taste and the challenge, what a difference it makes. It's getting in the river. We can pray. We can take practical action. What steps might God be calling on you to take today where you can trust him in new ways and you can experience mission in new ways in your life, in your family, across the street or across the world? And of course, we can enter into partnerships. We can pray. We can take practical action. And we can enter into partnership. I know your church has a heart to partner with others, to partner with organisations, uh, mission agencies, aid agencies across your city, across the country, across the world. We're better together. We're better when we partner with others, when we look beyond ourselves to how we can support what God is doing around the world. Throughout the New Testament, Paul constantly gives us this picture of what it is to be a partner in the gospel, a co-worker in the gospel. And we all have that privilege, that opportunity to partner with others locally, to partner with others around the world. The, the power of partnership came home to me recently when on one day I received a, a video from uh, some of our workers in Africa and also a handwritten letter from an older couple who had financially supported our work for many years. Yes, people still writing handwritten letters. It was a powerful kind of reminder of partnership. I'd received a video from Tim and Mel, who are on our team in Malawi. They've served there for more than a decade with their kids. They've passionately committed themselves to being on the ground, a place where they feel called, working amongst the Yao a group of people who otherwise might never hear the good news of Jesus in a way that makes sense to them. But there we are as Australian Baptists, global interaction, in partnership together, bringing the hope of Jesus to the Yao. And Tim tells this wonderful story on the video he sent me. He comes alongside leaders and it's been Tim's hope and prayer to start to see local leaders rising up and bringing others to faith and discipling others to Jesus and, and developing emerging faith communities. And here in this video, Tim tells the story of a young man. I'm just simply going to call him Philip today. A young man called Philip. Philip's come to know Jesus, but not through Tim. Philip's come to know Jesus through other Yao leaders, first-generation faith leaders who Tim has mentored with other global interaction workers. And now they are sharing the hope of Jesus with others. And here is Philip. And he's come to lead his first 
Bible study. A first generation new believer. And he sits with uh, the Yao community in a way that makes sense to them as a worshipping community. And Philip kind of anxiously, nervously uh, opens up the scriptures to share the passage that God has laid in his heart. He's chosen a passage in Ezekiel. <laughs> He's a brave man, Philip, in terms of his first Bible study in Ezekiel. But Tim looks on and Tim tells the story of having tears in his eyes, looking at Philip, having been led to Jesus by other Yao believers, now leading a Bible study and the discipleship multiplying. And Tim recognizing that all that work has been worth it, but more than that, that Tim and Philip, for that matter, can only do what they do because faithful Australian Baptist people have supported our work for many years, prayerfully, practically, financially. And through that partnership, we now see God at work amongst the Yao in incredible ways with an openness to the gospel and more and more people coming to know Jesus and faith communities being formed and local communities being changed. As I watched that video, the same day as Tim shared it with me by email, he was a handwritten letter from an old man. A man who was writing to tell me that his wife had died after 50 years of marriage and to pass on to me the news that every day of her life she had prayed for global interaction workers. That over their whole married life they had financially invested in our workers. They had sacrificially, generously supported our work around the world. And he was a man writing to me, celebrating his marriage, grieving his wife who had recently died, but without even knowing it, painting a picture of legacy, of the difference that couple had made in the lives of workers around the world, including Tim and Mel. There's the heart of partnership. Every one of us can experience God at work through partnership. We can be partners today. We can partner with clothing missionaries. We can partner with global interaction workers around the world. We can partner with great Christian organizations and financially invest, prayerfully invest, practically invest, and allow God to use us to make a difference in what he is doing around the world. We experience mission through partnership. We experience God at work through prayer, through practical action, through partnership, and finally today, through what I want to simply call the pipeline. I want to just speak for a few minutes specifically to some of you who may feel God's Spirit at work in your life in terms of a long-term call to intercultural ministry around the world. If that is you today, can I encourage you, take the next step. Talk to Sean. Talk to Mike. Talk to one of your team at Clovercrest. 
Look for opportunities, whether it be through a short-term mission trip, through an immersion experience, through a mentor, through coming alongside uh, someone at Clovercrest, through connecting with us at Global Interaction, and we'll connect you with a worker who you can chat with, but take the next step. If you sense God is at work in your life calling you to intercultural service, then can I encourage you, enter into the pipeline. Take those next steps, do some training, find the right people to talk to and trust God one day at a time, one step at a time and see how God can use you as he opens doors for an exciting, adventurous, adventurous future for you somewhere around the world. But for most of us, it won't be around the world. For most of us, it'll be across the street. But as we serve Jesus across the street, he wants us to act locally, but also to think globally. How can we experience God afresh? Like Israel of old, we can stand on the verge of the river and say, God, in faith, I want to get my feet wet. I don't want to live as a waiting pool follower of Jesus, but I want to be one who jumps in deep. I want to abandon myself afresh, trusting you, God. I want to experience faith afresh. I want to trust you and see how you can use me. The mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. Clovey, we experience mission as we enter into the river, as we get our feet wet. We can do that through prayer coming to attention. Where is God leading me in my local community? Who can I pray for around the world? We do it through practical action, getting our hands dirty, rolling up our sleeves, remembering that we have the privilege and the responsibility of being the hands and feet of Jesus today in our community. We do it through partnership, joining with others like global interaction and organizations around the country and around the world. Clovey, thank you for the opportunity of sharing today. Uh, I cheer you on with your commitment to mission locally and globally. Uh, go well in this challenging season and may each and every one of us experience God afresh in our lives, calling us to the river, calling us to experience mission his gracious invitation, will we accept it afresh today and step out in faith. God bless you. Go well.